Hello everybody, and welcome. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for feeling free to spend your time with me as I talk tonight about freedom. The very nature of freedom for the human species. What the heck is it? Because as I speak, there's a heck of a lot going on in the realm of freedom in human society and between human society and the world. There's a freedom convoy in my hometown of Ottawa, where I was born and raised, and where I first felt that feeling of freedom when I was a child. There's people struggling for freedom everywhere in the world. Freedom from oppression, freedom from all sorts of different tyrannies. Freedom from war, freedom from being physically assaulted. People are also struggling to be free from someone near them, someone who isn't allowing them to be free in a very real way, in a mental or emotional way. And ever since the human species has actually come to be what we are, this powerful self-conscious mind with the associated subconscious ego, we've had the capacity to have this question of freedom on multiple levels. And so let's take a broad look at it and a very simple look at it at the same time. Because like anything else, it's both easy and extremely difficult to both understand and perhaps achieve as a human being. And yet, we all know it because our primary purpose is to be here and be and express who we are. So I won't be giving an exact definition of freedom. I'm just going to talk around the subject and give pointed examples on all ends of the spectrum. In a very real sense, like I talk about, we are spirit in body with a mind. We don't have to be using that mind all the time. The mind doesn't have to be active all the time in order for the other two things to function. And yet we are energy within a body. So in a very real sense, who we are is part of the body and yet is all at once at the time of death, not part of the body, not there anymore, absent from, therefore creating physical death. And so in that way, as has been spoken of in many religions, mostly, and philosophies, we are trapped. We're a prisoner in this body. But that's a very negative way of looking at it, of something that is a practical reality that we can't do anything about on an existential level. While we're here, we are energy in a body. Now, when the two are aligned, as they are with other species, that existential feeling of lack of freedom is absent. And therein lies the answer for humans as well. To not constantly question who you are, what you are, and why you're here, but rather just to realize the moment, feel it, live it, and express it. 
Now, that's a very simple thing for me to say. And it took me the better part of half a lifetime to achieve that inner feeling. And I don't ascribe to us being prisoners within the body because if you think that way, then that engages another level of freedom that we're lacking and will constantly be engaged in a battle for. And that doesn't set us up for a very satisfactory life. In fact, that induces a level of suffering that once created will never go away if it's held in thought, if it's suspended within the mind. If you don't think you're free, then you're not. But this is what the mind itself wants. The mind's job is to analyze both the real world, the perceptive environment around you, and your inner environment, information about the world that you already have filed away, whether learned from your upbringing, your environment, the world around you, the society around you, and your own imagination, putting the pieces of information in your head together in a new way. And this is a never-ending proposition. Once engaged with a problem, with a task, the mind won't let go. The very nature of our mind is to think and to keep thinking. But it needs a reason to. And so long as you perhaps entertain the idea that you aren't free, you're a prisoner in this body, and you always will be, even if you accept that, you can constantly be thinking about how this makes life challenging, makes it a struggle, makes it maybe not even worth living on some level. And there are many people in religious uh, groups and perhaps otherwise who do think that. They believe that this life is a dire exercise in suffering that they will be glad to be rid of someday so that they can experience the blissful joy of heaven free of the suffering that comes innately with being in a body. And yet if that belief was held that strongly and it was proven to be real, what would be the point of life and why wouldn't everyone who has that thought just commit suicide in the moment? Freedom. One of my favorite perspectives on freedom, because it's very true, comes from Viktor Frankl, who, if you haven't looked him up, has a beautiful book, which I recommend highly and recommend often, called Man's Search for Meaning. It could very more aptly in this day and age be called Humanity's Search for Meaning, because it applies to the human condition. It doesn't matter which gender, if any. It just gets right to the point because being someone who was in a concentration camp and was helping others try to stay positive try to find something to live for in a situation where it could have looked unbearable and as a psychologist already upon entering the prison camps victor came to realize that the last of human freedoms is the freedom to choose one's think thoughts in any situation because even in the situation he was in which very likely wasn't going to have a positive outcome for most of them in there there was no reason to believe they were ever going to get out and yet 
within that framework, he chose to find little victories, to enjoy the sunrise or sunset when he, when he was outside and could see it, to enjoy whatever morsel of food he had, to enjoy the company of the people around him, to try to help them, inspire them, whatever the case may be. And I'm sure it wasn't 100% positive all the time, and there was definitely a lot of suffering in it. The point of him saying that is that there's one thing that no one can take away from you, no matter what they do to you, no matter what they do to your body. If they physically put you somewhere, restrain you, withhold you, harm you, torture you, no matter what they do to your mind, telling you what they think of you, what they don't think of you, commanding you to do this or that, beyond those two elements, there always exists a third level, and that is the spirit, who you are within the function of what you are, a human with those three layers of being, spirit, body, mind. That innermost layer is for you and you alone to know and to experience. But he realized that our feelings can come from one of two places. He didn't express it. This is me expressing it more now. Since this is what I've realized in addition to the ability to choose one's thoughts is the ability to let go of one's thoughts in any situation and really just let the moment be and not judge it even if there is suffering, even if there is pain. If you truly can't do anything about the moment, that is the very final vestige of freedom that we can all have. Now, a lot of people in this world do live in situations where there isn't a constant bombardment of actual suffering, and by that I mean some physical harm, some restraint to our expression. And so, through certain practices, some of which I've already talked about, we can achieve that level of freedom. Freedom of thought, and also freedom from thought. Those are two distinctly different things. The key being that if you learn to be free of thought and just exist and let your senses perceive the world around you without any judgment, any discrimination, as I did in 2014, as uh, Siddhartha did 2,500 years ago, then you won't even judge completely what is acceptable. You will do what you can in any given moment to accept a situation, try to change it, or extract yourself from the situation based on the level of suffering you can put up with, that you want to put up with, or that you can do something about. Now that's the what I might call the end goal, is to be able to achieve a full feeling of freedom no matter where you are. Now, having said all that, and being a very practical and pragmatic person, I also realize and fully accept that I'm here in this human body, and I have a human mind. I am subject to the human condition, like everyone. I understand it extremely well. Because the next layer, the body, is something I've had challenges with my entire life. On a physical level, nothing overly aggressive, and yet at the same time something that's tempered a full feeling of satisfaction in 
certain moments, in quite a few moments. And yet it's something that we can do something about almost all the time. That's a subject for another day, but that's just another layer in which we cannot feel free. If our body challenges us with pain in the moment or in an ongoing circumstance, it can be very hard to accept it. And yet it can be done, and it's very powerful to be able to do that. Then your body will actually work with you in healing, in whatever capacity healing is able to be done. Now, the biggest way in which humans are held back from freedoms is through the mind itself. Our self-conscious mind, as I've described on the podcast, has the capacity to take what's around us in the natural world and deconstruct it and then reconstruct it into what we see around us, society, civilization, humanity, at this level of awareness at this time, with varying levels of awareness within the almost everyone in the species, the vast majority of which, I would say, lie in the middle of feeling free and thinking they're free, of feeling human, but also knowing they're human, but not knowing fully what that entails, so they accept the world around them pretty much as it is and work with it. And on the one hand, that is extremely intelligent, practical, and pragmatic. And I've watched society all around me, from family and friends to different cultures, ethnicities, institutions. I've watched how people deal with living this human life and how their mind either helps them or hinders them. And if you're going to believe that everything that has been made from the human mind is the way it is and you're not going to challenge it, you know, you do what you're, you're told according to the systems and structures. In other words, you generally speaking abide by the law. You get a job, a career. You earn enough money to do what we call make a living. You have relationships. You have family and friends. You play sports, entertainment, games, whatever the case may be. And without challenging the systems and um, believing there's any need to be free of them, you can live a life wherein your decision-making process simply exists within that framework that the ego has created, and you can feel free. You can feel quite free. As long as everything remains the same, remains consistent and constant and stable, you can feel free. Now, the current state of things is something that is very poignant because it's challenging the different levels of freedom. Because we have a system and structure in place that we're told we're supposed to use, and if we do so, we'll, we'll be able to you know live the life we want, which should entail that we feel free, free to choose. And that's one of the levels of freedom. But if it's a mind-based choosing, then there's a limit to it because someone else is creating the framework from which we're choosing. Now again, as long as that framework doesn't change, we can live very free-feeling lives because mind, body, and spirit are aligned. That's one way of being quite calm and at peace in this world. And what goes along with that is feeling free. 
Trouble is, is that a lot of the systems are changing. And they're changing through no fault of the average citizens doing. A lot of us haven't done anything different other than what we're told, and yet the systems are changing the rules. And that is challenging this thing called freedom on a mind-based level. And it's very real. Because all of a sudden, again, through no fault of their own, a lot of people can't do the same work, can't earn the same money, can't have the same access to food, can't have the same access to experiencing life with others. And yet has what really changed been so real, as I talked about in the previous podcast about COVID and ego, has it been so real that it should have impacted our feeling of freedom and our actual physical freedom to this extent? I would posit no, not to that extent. It hasn't been necessary, but it's definitely given us a perspective on things. And I'm really hoping the average person has learned how much we can easily take for granted about what we think freedom is. Because freedom at its root isn't a thought. It's a feeling. And I've seen a lot of people begin to rise up from that existential feeling because the thought-based reality of freedom has changed without them having done anything quote-unquote wrong. Without even going against the system, the system itself is changing. And there's a reason for that. The system is mind-based, it's mind-created. And there's an ulterior motive to people who have an entitlement to thinking they are free to do that. And again, the idea of freedom comes in here. Why do certain people have power over systems, certain other, while other people simply have to exist within the systems? And while a very small minority, probably myself included, knows that I'm a human being who is allowed to feel free anywhere, anytime, irregardless of systems and structures, without having to challenge systems and structures every single moment of the day, which I don't, and which a lot of people don't. But they do impact the way we can interact with others because things change in a way that we haven't chosen. Now, it's been interesting to relate this because my feeling of freedom hasn't changed since 2014. It hasn't changed since the beginning of COVID. It hasn't changed whether there's mandates, non-mandates, lockdowns. My feeling of freedom hasn't changed because there's no reason for it to. I'm alive. I'm living. I'm breathing. I have food and shelter. I have people I enjoy around me. And I enjoy my own company. I don't need much to survive, so there's not much anyone can actually take away that would impact that. If it comes to down to food and shelter being impacted in a direct means for me, then you may actually see me getting a little bit more excited about speaking about freedom one-on-one -on -one and fighting for it. I don't mean physically fighting. That would, in my books, take a lot for it to come down to that in a civilized democratic society. That's a discussion for another day as well. But Reflect on how you feel as far as freedom and if there's any tethers in the physical world that are holding you to that freedom. And what I mean by that is 
a lot of people talk about financial freedom. Do you have enough money to feel free, to feel secure, to feel safe? And yes, that is very real, true thing. I know people who have more money than I'd know what to do with in 10 lifetimes. And yet I see them not feeling free, feeling insecure. Just based on thoughts and thinking. And then there's people like me, a growing minority, who know that feeling is the ultimate freedom. And yes, it's attached to doing and being able to express oneself and others, systems and structures and individual people can have an impact on that. And in those cases, your freedom really just becomes a negotiation one-on-one or one against within a system. And that's the human story at this point. Because we are more trapped in the systems and structures that our self-conscious mind has built than in any others, which is why I speak so strongly to transcending the mind, but not constantly trying to fix the mind from within the mind, if you see. Because that's not true freedom. There can be freedom in the moment. There can be peace of mind, absolutely, in making a decision that makes life easy today. It helps you communicate honestly with someone so a relationship gets better, or at least is honest. There's almost always freedom and honesty. But peace from mind lasts a lifetime once you've learned that skill. And it is a skill because the way that we become so trapped in mind is the human condition. It's called that for a reason. We are conditioned to thinking patterns based on what the human species and societies have been doing for thousands and thousands of years. We've been creating our own unfreedom. And the ego that goes along with it that in fact inspires it is enjoying it in a way by realizing that it controls this very powerful mind which can do amazing things and which doesn't have to not be doing anything except when we sleep. And I know a lot of people know that feeling of thinking all day, going to bed, not being able to stop thinking to the point where it impacts sleep, rest, enjoyment of life. So freedom from mind is what I'm here to direct people to understand. Without saying that this is a battle against all the systems and structures that ego has created, but rather allowing us a deeper place to choose from, a place that is more connected, a place in which we won't continue to infringe upon each other's freedoms, and honestly the freedom of other life on earth to have, because we will always take it into consideration, because we value our own feeling of freedom so much. No, I wouldn't feel free myself if I didn't confer that right onto everybody I come across. And I do that by 
allowing space by not telling anyone who they are, what to do, what they should do, but rather by just having open discourse, by stating constantly that no matter what I say, go do it, go figure it out for yourself, contemplate things for yourself. Lord knows I did that while reading hundreds of books, listening to hundreds of podcasts and audiobooks, and consulting my inner guide at the same time, and just seeing what's the common denominator here about what this human life is all about and how to feel good at it. And of course, how to feel good the optimal amount of time is feeling free. Now, I'm sure there's more I can say about the current state of things. Again, what with freedom convoys happening, with freedom of the press and freedom of speech being um, very hot topics right now. So I'll contemplate that a bit and I'll come back with some more thoughts about the layers of freedom. Because I just want to leave this pretty simple for today as an overview. And ask you, contemplate, how are you feeling free? Existentially, do you feel like you are who you are? Physically, do you feel healthy enough, well enough to express the first thing, who you are? And I'll add what you are. Because once you realize those two together, then you're home free. And your mind. How free are you to think what you want to think? How free are you to not think at all when you don't want to think? And when it's not necessary? Our minds are extremely powerful. But they aren't always necessary. I can attest to that. And just because you don't use it, doesn't mean it's not there. So, feel free to email me, steve at illuminatingthedisconnect.com, if you have any questions about freedom, or if there's anything I can talk to more specifically, because this is what I'm here to do, and I feel free to do it all the time. So, take care, and uh, look after each other. Hello, fellow humans, and thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, Ever since I got this thing started, which was years in the making, I've been excited about uh, doing this, and only this. It's what gives me the most pleasure in life, is helping others help themselves, and it's actually what I know the best, despite all the other things I've studied for, and uh, have had as careers, as experiences, as hobbies, as connections with life. This is it. So to that end, if you'd like to experience, if you'd like to support a very simple human doing this, it doesn't take much for me to survive, and anything over and above that that I ever make from this will always go back into helping others directly. And you can support me by finding me on Red Circle Podcasts, which may be where you're listening. Uh, There's donating information there. I also have an account with something called LibraPay, where you can find me as Steve Alat, or you can send uh, a donation through PayPal, steve at illuminatingthedisconnect.com. If any of those aren't sufficient or fail, send me an email. Again, steve at illuminatingthedisconnect.com. We can figure something out. And uh, thanks for listening. I really, really hope it helps. And if it does, do send me a message. Thanks for your support.